0: This is a glass box media podcast. There is a space between reality and fantasy, between light and dark, between rational and irrational. In this space there are This interlude is a witch's Christmas tale called Sacrifice, Oh, Holy Night. It was the north wind that was to blame, for it was he that carried me away from where I had laid for many years, and woke me out of my deep, restful sleep. There was an oddness to this wind, a soft touch that was never there before, and my eyes opened. My body awoke, as if from a nightmare at that change. What could that softness mean in the north wind? My limbs were frozen and creaked from the cold. The air around me was sharp, like a blade of a knife against... The skin around me was darkness, as deep as it was vast. The silver light of the moon shone through the clouds in that sinister way it has. The wind returned and picked me up, harshly and with its cold, dead fingers gripping me and tossing me around like a leaf. "'From whence have you come, witch?' "'The north wind whispered to me, "'but I remained silent and pensive, "'enjoying its immense power over me. "'Why should an old witch like me complain "'when the wind chose me as its passenger? "'A rare treat, that was. "'So the wind carried me, "'its arms against my body a pair of icicles.' which my frozen bones enjoyed in their ancient state. I was a North Witch, after all. And cold did not scare me, but only made me stronger. So we traveled this way, high, high up in the sky, ignoring the annoying glow of eager stars and the shy, bewildered silver light of the moon. First... We had passed reindeer herds who had turned their graceful heads up at us, celebrating the power of the great north wind. As I passed, they bowed their antlers at my presence, knowing full well that I could destroy their kind with a single spell. It was good to be awake, and my eyes shone brighter with their icy glow as the wind carried me further, further down. It was large fields that we passed next, followed by deep, dark forests where the trees sang to us with their grand branches moving, shaking snow off their cold, numb limbs. At the sound of them, I woke up even more, and a frigid breath came from within me. The trees stopped at once, frozen solid in their places. I saw animals and birds drop from their branches, chilled to the core, hard and solid as rock, and quite dead. A roar of laughter came out of my throat and hung above the now dead forest. It's sound spreading where the tree song had been only a moment ago. That roar of mine rings there still, and nobody dares go around that forest of death. Satisfied, I looked for my next prey. That is when the north wind offended at my trickery and sorry to have brought me over this land, shook his limbs violently and threw me off his back. My body flowed through the cold, thin air until I landed in a pile of hard, old, icy snow. I whistled at the wind, knowing it will annoy him and stalk him through many lands. Yet the wind kept going seemingly untouched and still gaining strength. It was anyone's guess where I was dropped, and all I could see were endless trees and the same silver moonlight as it wrapped itself around snow-covered trees and frozen valleys. Nothing stirred at the sight of me, terrified to be noticed by the frozen North Witch, I moved slowly, floating right above icy snow. My dark robes dragging behind me. My long nails leaving the marks in the snow. My eyes shone brighter and brighter, freezing to death anything they happened to touch with their unnatural light. Even the stars turned from me as I passed underneath them utterly terrified to lose their precious glow. I was glad of their fear, for it is precisely that which sustained me and grew my vile powers. I bared my sharp teeth in a smile as I floated on, a dark messenger of death on her long, spiteful journey. There was a road I had spotted, and the snow was trampled by many feet. I got on my fours and squatted at the footsteps, smelling them with my nose, which had rotted off many centuries ago, but still worked as good as if it were there. Oh, that warm smell of life. It was intoxicating and I was eager to make my way over to whence it came from. So I followed the footsteps, bright and sweet, until I came upon a farm. The north star sparked in the sky above the farm, and I knew it was going to be a season of renewal. Christmas was near. I could hear it like a dull ringing of a thousand bells in my ears. What a lovely sight this little farm was. I rejoiced, knowing that I could feed on it for a whole year. Until another Christmas should come. Inside, I could sniff out a family. Saliva dripped down my chin and onto the snow at the thought of them. The snow bubbled and melted where my saliva hid, for I was a volcano on the inside despite being frozen as a corpse the farm animals smelled me then and screamed and kicked at each other trying to escape their awful fates the horses foamed at the mouth and cows would bear nothing but stillborn calves from this time forth they grinned and turned into a cat The animals were no fools and would always avoid me like the plague that I was. But the humans. Those humans thought themselves the most significant of beings. And their egos would not let them see that they were ruled by the same laws of nature as all the rest. The humans would never know who I was. And always think that I was only a stray cat. Same as any other farm. The only way to know who I really was, was to look at my tongue, which was not at all like a cat's, but sharp and forked, like that of a snake. So I jumped up on the sill and looked inside the house. It was dark, and only a single candle glowed timidly in the corner. In the middle of the large room... A Christmas tree was set up, only a few drab presents below it, for it was obvious that the farm was small and most likely hard up. Well, it did not matter. And I hissed happily before I climbed under the structure of the house to hide myself during the day. My work done here this night. As the last light of the day slipped away, my ancient eyes opened again, and I rubbed my dry, empty sockets as I crouched under the house. Nobody had noticed a thing, except for the farm animals, and nobody had paid them much attention. Their distress was dismissed simply as the weather, a rather convenient excuse. I took my cat form and slipped into the house through the floorboards that have come loose. Once inside, I made my way through. The house was small and quite broken down. The rooms were tiny, dark, and few. The parents, who had a room of their own, were old and worn abused by the years of hardship and hard labor. I came closer to the sleeping wife, for she smelled sweet and new. At once my ears perked up, for I could tell she was with child and would give birth any day now. A Christmas baby. What a miracle. That was a special child, no doubt, for all the creatures know what kind are born then. My eyes sparked with joy and I licked my dry lips, excitement building within me. This special baby would be mine, I decided. For All this bright and special will have the power to cast a million strongest, vilest spells. I smiled my crooked smile and retreated into the darkness. The children slept in the next room. They were still young and tender, and my eyes shone as bright as ever at their innocent young faces. There was a boy who was about five and a girl around three. Sleeping together in a single bed, huddled for warmth, I blew with them, slowly and gently, and saw them get colder and sadder, nightmares finding a way into their dreams. Pleased, I turned to the crib. Soon baby would be inside this crib. My frozen bones tingled with excitement and my forked tongue extended all the way to the crib licking the edges as careful as ever. In all my excitement I must have made the house much colder for now the children had their breaths visible and very frozen. The fire died and their father stirred in the next room. I lowered myself and crawled away, hiding out under that large Christmas tree. It took only a moment for the parents to wake and shiver under the heavy blanket of ice that I had laid on their house so thickly in all my excitement. They wrapped themselves to no relief in old rags and got busy building the fire again. I, in turn, was busy making a spell. I took my normal form and whispered quietly under that tree. Until a golden box materialized out of my old, haggard limbs. I dropped it under the Christmas tree. Unable to grip it, for I was ancient and battered and my limbs were like old stumps now. But my spell worked. The box shone bright and quite festive under that tree of theirs. A present from me. I smiled, and my forked tongue slipped out through the gap in my decayed teeth.
1: Hey, Crawlspace community, do you love true crime podcasts but could do without all the chatty banter? Are you intrigued by what's underneath our collective true crime obsession and want to hear field experts, authors, and content creators weigh in on the subject? Well, it might be time for you to kill the small talk and join the dialogue. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, host of Dialogue, a true crime conversation, which is a weekly podcast where I speak with fascinating guests from the true crime world and the criminal justice system. And yes, I have interviewed Tim and Lance, and you don't want to miss that episode. Together, we explore the genre itself and attempt to answer the why of true crime and the question, what are we even talking about when we talk about true crime? Join me every Wednesday for a new episode and a killer conversation. Dialogue is part of the Crawl Space Network and available wherever you listen. We find
0: that in these times, everyone needs some time to chill out and relax. That's why we're excited to announce this week's sponsor,
1: Download the new Bumble now.
0: CBD products that specializes in oils, topicals, gummies, and edibles. Boston Green Health's plant-based products can provide natural relief and rest for the mind, body, and soul. As one of New England's premier hemp-based companies, they offer a variety of all-natural CBD products that use a blend of locally sourced hemp extract. Visit bostongreenhealth.com for premium CBD oil, a delicious variety of CBD-infused gummies, luxurious handcrafted topicals and a product line for pets podcast listeners can receive 40 off any purchase by using show code stories boston green health takes pride in being new england's most trusted cbd brand another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help When the morning approached, I crawled under the broken floorboards underneath the house. Where the smell of soil was such a comfort, and the heat did not travel, I already knew how it would all play out. At Christmas, the children would be eager to open the small presents they had, and surely mine would not be missed. The family would marvel at its beauty, the delicate ribbon wrapped around the box, the brightness of the color. The children would fight over who got to open it, and the mother would scold them, holding on to her swollen belly, that fresh little thing inside her almost ready. The room would be charged and full of something thick and uncomfortable, They would fight. Still, that would be nothing. For once they opened my present, they would be mine. Outside, the winds blew, running through the fields and bringing with them snows and blizzards, sorrows and discomforts of that season. Winter was the best time for evil. For the darkness hung above the land like a veil and refused to let go, gripping tighter and tighter until all living things were almost at the edge of exhaustion. Like this, Christmas Eve had come, bringing with it cruel snows and punishing winds, stripping houses of their warmths with its twelve north winds freezing everything around it to dead, solid rock. I slept, gaining my strength and biding my time. I only woke when I heard that unmistakable sharp sound I've been waiting on. Every witch knows it, and I lifted my head as I heard a piercing bell ring through the cold, stiff air of the house. A baby's cry. It was time. I climbed out and took the form of a cat, making my way into the house slowly. The family was there, still awake and arguing. A new, fresh baby cried in its tiny cradle, terrified at the voices and harsh words. I leaned over him. It would be imprudent to touch the baby him i wanted to be fresh and unscathed when i got to receive him that baby was the only one who could truly see me knew all my tricks and colors and it cried harder at the sight of me you are so very young i whispered to him but already I know your fate. In the corner, my Christmas present lay discarded and forgotten. It was as I planned it. The spell was out, covering this house as thick as rancid butter. It would recede and free them in next Christmas time. But it would be too late then. Only a witch can tell when someone is under a spell so the family looked just as they always had been. They themselves did not notice how anger spilled out of each of them, and where empathy had lived once, only self-interest and envy could find a way in. I walked among them, unseen and unnoticed. I started with small spells, In the morning, I would see a pot of coffee start to boil, and I would push it over, slowly, my long nails scraping the floor. The pot would fall and spill its hot contents, and a moment later the husband would scream out his insults, fling them like stones at his wife for spilling the coffee. She, in turn, would blame her husband for the crop that failed a year ago, or a cow that fell over last night, dead and riddled with disease. Like this, the humans would quarrel, and their children, scared of the rising tide of anger in the house, would hide under the bed or the table, hoping to escape the wrath of their parents. I fed on that anguish and bitterness. Growing stronger by the day, my menacing spells grew with me. In the night, I hovered above the baby's crib, licking my dry lips at the sight of him and mimicking his cries. The mother would run into the room only to find her baby sleeping and well. She would go back to sleep exhausted by the day but as soon as her mind slipped into a dream i would cry again summoning her once more to her child's side again and again i repeated my torment feeding on her frustration which grew so large that i felt myself quite strong again as fit as i have been hundreds of years before only Their animals could see me and feel my constant, suffocating presence. They screamed and dropped dead. They refused to be fed and starved themselves. They escaped and ran down a frozen field, only to fall over from mere exhaustion. It was not long until that was noticed by the neighbors. They came to the family, their Faces sullen and dark, demanding to know what disease had fallen upon the household. But the family was under my spell, and they refused to listen. Instead, they blamed their neighbors for their troubles. So I helped them in their delusions. In the darkness of the night under the guise of a cat. I ran to their neighbor to the north and bit one of their piglets. What a noise the animals there had caused that night at the sight of me. I was proud of the evil I had released on them. The next day, the piglet was found black as tar, its eyes bulging with blood and pus The noise emanating from its lungs, not that of an animal, but of a beast. What was even more terrifying was that it had developed a taste for human flesh. Again and again it would lunge at a human, its teeth sharp and menacing. All the neighbors came to see, and fearing disease, killed the piglet. But I put my spell on that unfortunate animal, and every man that visited the farm came back to his own only to find the same disease spreading within his walls. It was a disaster, of course. All the farms destroyed their piglets that year, and the dead grey bodies of dead pigs burned for days at each farm. But I made sure my family had none of the disease. I made sure their pigs were as pink and healthy as a picture. The arguments with the neighbors were unavoidable. The family did not want to kill their piglets, but the neighbors demanded it, fearing the disease would spread anyway. And besides, isn't it always a consolation to have another go through the same hardship as yourself? Unpleasant words were exchanged, and it was not long until the family found itself alone and hated by everyone around them. The visitors stopped coming, and not one person even so much as passed by their gate. This was some of my best work, and I loved the feel of their isolation, anger, and despair oh how they blamed everyone how they told most unfair stories of their recent friends not even once thinking to stop and consider that perhaps the blame was with them instead but that was the way of each human and i love to use that to my advantage where i can what i wanted most of these humans was their fresh little baby rosy-cheeked and still very small. He was the only one I could not touch, for his innocence was too much even for me. No evil can work on a being who has not as much as thought an ill thought all its life. Instead, the baby stared out into the world with curiosity that sparked in its eyes. Dark is the frozen waters in the ocean, I could not bear to make eye contact with him, for they were so pure, I knew they would tear me down where I stood. It was not long until I would have him. Despair had settled on the house and the family like never before. It gripped their souls and muddied their hearts, turning them on each other. No neighbor would come to help them, and no friend would stop by to calm their fears. I smiled to myself, satisfied by the chaos I had created. Next Christmas was fast approaching, and I only had so much time left to me before my spell wore off. The farm was in decay. The animals dropped like flies, and There was not much that could keep the family from starvation. The anger and fear made way for more frustration. It grew like a wildfire ignited by the spark of hostility, and the fighting intensified. I walked among the darkness that now clung to the walls of the house, quite satisfied with what I had done. Blowing the icy winds through the rooms, like the master of the house now. One day, I came upon the husband, kneeling by the cradle. He had grown gaunt and looked aged by at least ten years. I could see the dark circles under his eyes widen and grow like bitter plague spreading through him. He thought he was alone, and after all... They could never feel me in the room. It took me some time to understand that he was praying. It was charming, really. Him thinking his words could escape my spell and reach whatever god they were meant for. Gods may be close to people in need. But I was much, much closer. I leaned in and entered his mind. His mind was like an instrument, made of strings that were strung so tight they were bound to break. So I helped them. One by one I pulled at each string, snapping one or two with my frozen dead fingers, until the melody was quite ruined. And when I was done, the man's mind broke. He stood up and had to steady himself against the weight of what transpired. His eyes were dark and dead now, unable to feel anything at all. With something like excitement, he ran out of the room and to his wife's side. The wife looked skinny and haggard. She drove herself mad over the family, and it was not long until she too lost her mind. I smiled when I saw them. Their pitiful last moments together brought joy to my dark soul. Mary, I know what we must do at last. The husband spoke quickly, for he was brimming with excitement still. His wife stared at him, apathetic to his words. Her baby was on her chest, clinging desperately to her warm flesh as if seeing into the future. Her baby son was the only bright beam of light in that entire place. I know how to fix it, I do. The husband waved his hands in his wife's face, but she paid him no attention. The world had ground her down, it seemed, and I was pleased to see her let go so easily without so much as a fight. What do you want, Joseph? A flat voice, barely there, but how delicious this whole thing was. I grew as her anger spread through the room. God spoke to me, Mary, the husband insisted, and I know how we can improve our situation at last if I do it right. We won't starve come winter. She looked up at him then. A long, uneasy look full of disgust. Christmas is approaching, was all she said, and then she turned to him, accepting what he had to say at once. Give me that baby, his whisper rang through the room. The words felt heavy and cold, really cold, even I shivered, enjoying every moment of their trauma, pulling at the strings of his mind still, leading him deeper and deeper into the darkness. I smiled and felt something warm bubble up inside the volcano of me. What do you want with him? The wife hesitated because I suspect she could see the kind of a madman her husband had become. Give me the baby, Joseph said softly, but his words tumbled out clumsily and harshly, falling between the two people like a corpse. There was a pause, and I grew stronger in it. Oh, yes... The time was fast approaching, and I will have him at last, my ultimate reward. We must sacrifice him, don't you see? Joseph stepped closer to his wife. This is what we must do to end this, to prosper and grow. Mary, do you trust me? But his wife backed away, the child in her hands still. Not quite a year old he was. Joseph approached. All this bad luck, all this doom, all gone. I know you want that, Mary, and besides, what is just one child? One less mouth to feed. Tears rolled down Mary's thin face, tears as large as the biggest jewels. And for a moment, even I felt for this pathetic little woman. Still... I had to have her son. The power in him was great and ripe. Only a parent can decide such fate, and it was the ultimate present to the darkness that I was. So I blew in their direction, and they shivered, uncomfortable under my icy gaze. The wife looked up at her husband, and as the light flickered, I revealed myself to them at once. What a picture of beauty I was for them. Silver was wrapped around me and my hair was bright as a golden thread. My eyes shone as bright as the northern star and the parents gave quite a gasp when they saw me emerge from the darkness. I extended my arm towards them, smiling my most... Pleasant smile. The woman drew back the child, but there was hesitation in her movements. To them, I looked a perfect picture of an angel. The man's features had darkened, and he grabbed the child out of his wife's hands and hurriedly placed the baby into mine. Do you sacrifice this child to me? I asked in my softest whisper, trying really hard to cover up my creaking old voice. The woman cried, but the man was calm. We do, he replied. Very well, then. I licked my lips and stared for the first time into the child's eyes. My tongue was still thin and forked, like a snake, and the woman screamed when she saw it. It was too late. I crouched and took my usual form, clinging the little thing close to my cold, disfigured form. Now, both of them screamed. I jumped out the window and onto the roof, laughing my terrible, screeching laugh. The animals went wild, and I heard the last of them drop dead. It started to snow, and the wind had picked up its power. Christmas Eve was rolling in, and I could feel the spell thin out and fall away from this house, like layers of dirt that had dried up at last and could no longer hold on. The north wind was once again at it, blowing through the land, sending shivers into every living thing. Pick me up, I cried up to him, my voice powerful now and carrying quite a distance, but the north wind knew what I was up to and refused to take me away. It blew past me in disgust, smelling the fresh decay, the innocence gone of the child that will not make it past his first birthday. Yet, I was too powerful for the wind to escape, and muttered a spell under my breath, dark and menacing and my spell managed to cling onto the tail of the wind. He had no choice but to pick me up. Like this, I traveled back to my frozen, cursed lair, up to a place that no human can reach, clutching a tiny child in my arms. A sacrifice. The sacrifice, which was growing colder and colder by the moment, Shedding life as he made his only journey through these Arctic barren lands. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice, A Witch's Christmas Tale. A Coral Space Media production of A Pie Rational Story. Narrated by me, Sarah Sheckles. Music by David Williams and artwork by Jared Ortis. Keep an eye out for unknown gifts under the tree. And think of me when the North Wind blows. Media Podcasts.